You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Too Loud TX, and here with me today, the man that will be casting your FNCS finals, Mr. Monster Deface. What's going on, buddy? That's right, guys. We're, uh, we're traveling tomorrow, so wish me a no-delay flight. That's my favorite kind of flight. And with that, yeah, we're bringing, we're bringing a championship series this weekend. And there's a fun announcement that I do want to continue to share with all you guys. If you guys are a fan of full game formats, which it's my favorite, we're doing full games this weekend. So straight up custom heats, best of so, the best players, and we're, so we're following Let's everything. talk about why you love that so much. Because we, we saw the World Cup, right, qualifiers, and we always got, what, circle five or six. We always jumped in on circle five or six, right, to keep yep. the action up and high. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a really cool format as well, but I, I also do kind of, I know we've talked about this offline a little bit. I actually, I actually do like it as well when you get the full story. Yeah, exactly. You get to, you get to know everything that kind of happens. Right. And, and more importantly, we're under, uh, you know, tighter circumstance as far as the player pool goes, like the heats are set in stone. So everyone knows exactly who they're going against. And now that the uh, public heats have been revealed, players will know who's in their games prior to kind of going into the world map, which means they can build proper strategy. So what we're going to see, which we haven't seen in a long while, is execution, plan execution, preparation from trios. If you are normally, let's say, going to retail row and you take a look at that heat and you see Mongro Mitro Benji in there, you're probably not going to go retail row. I'm willing to bet a team does not want to you know, challenge the best team in Europe like period in retail they're probably going to change their strats so coming into the weekend we're going to see who who can execute the best who who comes in ready and, and that's why i love full games dude i think this is what's going to be so interesting is to see who does challenge them right in retail oh. like i don't like, think anyone's going to give them the freebie but mm, maybe though <laughs> well we always know this right as you how many how many games is it going to be in each heat uh, so as far as the full format for games and whatnot, I really don't have it off the top okay. of my head, so I'm not going to take a random guess, but there's a couple rounds to get through the heat and then you get to finals. So, so that's, the heat- a, that's the interesting thing though, because we both know that as you get towards the end of the heats or maybe even in the finals, people are going to take a little bit more risk, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's going to be a bunch of games though, because again, it's, it's still at home qualifiers. So people are going to get to feel it out. They're going to, they're going to get their runs in and it's, it's going to go down this weekend. Well, we already started the show, if you guys didn't know. If you're listening at home or in the car, yeah, we, we just jumped right into it. I will say real quick, don't forget, visit Monster D Face's YouTube channel for all the latest videos he's doing. Guys, he's got great stuff dropping. If you want to see the video form of the podcast, we are doing it again live today on twitch.tv slash Monster D Face. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. And of course, Shout out to all of our Patreons, man. I hope you guys really enjoyed the video Monster put together. It was a lot of fun. I'd love to see some retweets, some people putting that out there as well if you enjoyed it. So let us know. Uh, But yeah, let's jump back into this. We're talking about FNCS finals. Um, Monster's going out there to go ahead and cast these finals for you guys. A lot of crazy stuff's going to happen. Monster, I want to know though, do you have any predictions for the finals? Where are you looking at? Who is your eye on? Maybe... You know, the, the people that most people would guess. But I also want to know, do you have an underdog in there somewhere? Dude, I got, a, I got literally, like, notes of players to look out for and, and teams to look out for for just about every single region. Um, I've been working closely with the Fortnite competitive Twitter account to get this kind of content out to you. We actually just did a prediction show, so 
you can shoot me any region I, and I can, I can throw you back a, a team or two, honestly, if you want to, if you want to do it that way, Troy. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's, let, let's absolutely do that. Let me, uh, let me pull up the, here it is right here. All right. So let's go with, let's start with heat one in a East. Uh, so, so as far as the heats go, um, the last time I checked, they weren't necessarily set in stone, but if, if I'm not mistaken, heat one had a uh, booga stretch and his team. So like, they're definitely a favorite um, and I know I talked to Shia Wager uh, in the last prediction show, and we kind of he he's got his eye on Crims, Spades, and um, I, for some reason off the top of my head right now I can't I can't oh Clicks, Crims, Spades, and Clicks they're actually a full trio too. So coming out of NA East, there's there's some of the best teams in the in the world really in NA East specifically. Um, it's been one of those topics of conversations where I guess before it was like EU was on top on top. But now I think the general uh, competitive pool, people are leaning more towards NA East. Being I one think, of the most I, if I remember right, I think Clicks actually tweeted out, don't drop here. And he had Pleasant Park there, right? So he was like, don't drop here. This is my, this is my spot. I, I can't wait to see where all this is going because so many of these players have tweeted out like, you know, this is where I'm dropping. Almost like, come dare me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and they do that as part of their strategy, right? They want to scare people. So, so you look at your team and you're like, dang, man, your clicks is going there. You know, you're already nervous. You get in their head. Uh, you play those mind games. We saw a little bit of it at the World Cup. Uh, Vorin was challenging Mr. Savage at Hamlet. And in the player pool lounge, uh, he was already like, yo, bro, I'm, I'm going to grief you every game. I'm telling you. It really it didn't work out for him. Let me tell you, it didn't work out. Mr. Savage Ooh. held his own. But uh, yeah, these players play the mind games, man. Sometimes they just put it on Twitter to let everyone know. So you have you have Centennial showing up a Booga, right? Like you said, with Stretch uh, as well, going into Heat One. That's uh, obviously you know Booga coming out the World Cup, huge, right? Huge. Uh, but you also have some of his teammates playing in Heat Two, which is Sentinel Animal and Aspect. Is that your prediction for for? Uh, well, and they're also playing with Envy Buck. So, dude, I've always I've always been a fan of Aspect the Animal. I thought they were one of the like best duos and just like solo individual players in the scene because they've been so consistent for many, many seasons. They're, they're true and, and try hard veterans to Fortnite. Um, now they're picking up Bucky, a world cup qualifier. Bucky's had a fantastic run. He's really had a, just a phenomenal year in general. Bucky also showed that he can play on the pressure. We saw him at the pro-am uh, recently, and he performed really well at the pro-am. So yeah. he's got land experience. He's got, you know, that, that kind of pressure environment over him. There's no bigger stage in the world cup. So it's for him coming into this tournament. Now, I think these are going to be their opportunities to really try and shine out. And show them like, okay, maybe maybe before Absolutely. you had the butterflies, they're probably feeling so much better now. That seems scary to look out for. Bro, what about this though? Following up, number two listed on that heat, <laughs> Zen Zypha, Zate, and Gozaf. Like, whew, dude, that's yeah, that like and, and this is here's another discussion, right? And I talked about this in my in one of the recent uh update videos. I did a heat kind of conversation. Um, players are getting psyched out about their heats. They're like Oh, I'm trying to trade out of Heat Three. Uh, you know, don't want to be in Heat Three. I'm like, dude, every Heat is so stacked. Like, like what? Wh where in your mind you think that going to like Heat One or Two is gonna save you, right? When you're looking at like the list, I, dude. I don't really, I don't really see any of these Heats that I want to face anybody in. No, yeah, exactly. Um, the only, the only other reason I can like honestly think of is if you know there's like a Super Slayer in your Heat. And that's like your landing spot. You have uh, a, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. an actual competition. You're like, man, I'm trying to trade my way out of here or, you know, get into another heat because they're allowing trades. They're allowing people to like 
you know, move around the roster if you're qualified. So we see this a lot in Call of Duty. We've had the, the pool play, right? And bracket play throughout Call of Duty history. Uh, and it's always about what pool do you get put in as a pro team? Last year was like where you get seated. Is it the easy pool to get out of? Is it the death pool, right? Like so many hot names. I mean, Heat 2 really kind of looks like that to me. Not only, like we mentioned, Animal and Aspect, Zayton Zaff, but dude, you also have Vivid and Chaps in there as well. Like, this is a crazy Heat. Envy Lenane and Tyler as well. Like, some of these names and some of these players that have a lot of land experience, uh, obviously not being a land yet, but I mean, they, they, know how to qual- they know how to play at a really high stressful level. I think it's, I think it's scarier, especially too, when it's an at-home qualifier. Because everyone's comfortable. There's right. way less pressure than going into a land environment where, you know, a lot of the times the arena, the crowd, the, the cameras, right, can, can throw you off the, uh, the fact that you know you're in the hot seat. Um, that kind of pressure can really, you know, work against some people. At-home land environments um, or at-home environments, I should say, these qualifiers or just these finals, period. The fact that they're at home, we're going to see some of the best gameplay. Um, I'm, I'm hoping for, like, another iconic tournament kind of like the secret skirm- uh, skirmish was iconic some of the moments we captured from the the winter royale was iconic uh this time around like i'm really thinking that this tournament is going to be a great one like this is probably going to be a great one as long as the iconic moment's not a sword that randomly shows up on oh Friday no morning. no this time's gonna be a mech on high <laughs> <laughs> uh the other thing uh we got heat three immediately kicking this one off you got tsm cloud with ghost uh twifo and snood like bro and Cloud, Cloud's, Cloud's been having a, like, one of those, one of those players has just been having a huge upswing when it comes down to, like, final tournament days. He's, he's always managed to show up. Uh, Commandment's done a great job at that as well. Just really representing for the young uh, crew from TSM. So, interested to see how those guys go, too. And if you look at the heats, the names at the top of the, uh, the names that listed at the top of each heat, those are the guys that qualified placing one of the highest in the five weeks of the competition. So, wow. the first set, as notable as those names are, they're notable for good reason. Yeah, I mean, in, the, in this same heat, like I said, and like you said, they're all stacked. I mean, in this heat, you got FaZe Beanie, Diggy, and uh, Hogman playing together. Like, this, this is your man. You've been, you've been playing a little, you played yeah, some been, squads I've with him rooting, earlier this week. I've been rooting for Hogman for a long time. Hogman's one of those guys, uh, he's, he's always had a good attitude when it came down to, you know, competition. He's always been so consistent, too. But he hasn't quite walked away with a, a championship win yet, right? It's kind of like yeah. Bizzle. Bizzle had great moments, but he didn't really win until Secret Skirmish. So, I feel like Hogman's been playing that tug of war game, man. He's just been in the talk. He's been there. He's been on the cusp. One of these tourneys is he's he can take it home. Oh, I got to shout out all my RBK friends as well, right? You got RBK in here as well. J Love, Germ, Ando yep. playing in the same heat. Like, whew. like th- this one is definitely. I mean, Ghost Ghouls in here with Emad and, and Hunter T Class. Like, shout, shout out to Emad getting wow. picked up by TSM. You know, that's a huge signing for TSM. Uh, really big for for Emad specifically because. You know, he, he hasn't had too much like uh, success when it came yeah. when it comes down to like being, you know, making his way and shine through comp. But his content's been amazing. It's been on the grind. So for TSN to pick up someone that that has that star potential, I'm really happy for him. So out of heat three, are you going with your boy Hogman and his in his squad or what? Uh, out of heat three, I, I'm, I'm probably definitely going to put some money on Hogman to come out on top when it comes down to, to making it through at least to the championship and then placing high in championships, too. I really right. do think he can do it. There you go, Hogman. You, you, all your all monsters' hopes are in you, my friend. Let's yeah, see I'm if always, it works I'm out. Always root for good people. You might have to stop rooting for him if it doesn't work out this time. Like he might ask yeah. you, "Hey, stop rooting for me." 
if it doesn't work out this time because it maybe maybe you're the bad luck charm monster oh no don't put that on me <laughs> <laughs> the caster curse right i mean that it, it, some people would say uh you got heat four as well who are you taking out of heat four uh list them off i don't have the list in front i of got me. symphony Rever reverse and slacks that's who i'm taking out of heat four uh you got a couple phase thieves face tilt replays in there as well um you got uh all the psycho legit moose and soul in there uh clicks obviously crims and spades that, uh, that's their heat that's their heat without a doubt spades uh spades crims and clicks they're they're just such a good team clicks uh is an interesting story behind him because as a as a individual player he's he's one of the most disgusting mechanical players on the scene and his problem with him finding trios is that he's he's a wild card He's like, he, he sees red and he goes like a bull, you know? And yeah. there's not a lot of players that can keep up with his speed and, and like his rhythm in game. Like Crims and Spade have really been a nice, uh, I guess, like um, compliment to his play style. They can keep up with this aggression. They can, you know, pivot and turn and, and refocus when they have to. They kind of follow his lead. They don't really have a, a you know, a sound IGL when you play with clicks, there right. is no in-game leader. Clicks is going to shoot out comms and, and calls the way he wants and the way he sees it. And sometimes you just got to go, go, go. Cause he's, he's already out. I think, like you said, keeping up with clicks is the, is the key there, right? Can his keep team up. keep up with him, push with him. And I think for clicks, it's, it's really just him communicating. I think that's the key. I think we talked to him a little bit about that going into the world cup. Like his communication was one of the things he was kind of working on. I think if he keeps working on that, uh, I think the sky's the limit for him. The other problem, but the, you know, even with that, they're going to have to overcome two of the most, I would say, uh, uh, consistent players that we we've seen play, which is Bizzle and Demo, right? So yep. they're, they're in that heat too. Uh, and, and another notable mention, I know someone kind of brought it up. Yes, I know Tifu pushed all the way through in a in a last kind of ditch effort when he switched up his trio and he he actually qualified with Canada. Tifu and and I for some reason I can't pull the the third uh, right now, but that's another to look out for because they they pulled it together at the very end and and Canada's actually been one of those underrated talents in the scene for a while too. So trust me, guys, we we see they, there's there's no easy pass though. There's no easy pass when it comes down to these seats. Really that's not. just guys. We we could do this all day. That yeah. just gives you like a, a taste of what the weekend competition is going to be like. Yeah, I mean the the list goes on and on. I mean in in heat in heat one for NA West, you got the Mazer got Tifu, like you said, Mazer Tifu, Mongrel, yep. uh, right there, Booga, uh, Mazer Booga, all happening right there. Like really, I mean this this heat is stacked as well. You have so many people coming through. Fulmer's in here. You know what I mean? Like Fulmer, man, Fulmer's another player that we saw come huge during Winter Royale bracket. Like yep. just went under the radar. He didn't quite perform at Winter Royale. He didn't quite perform at WSOE. But I'm, you know, it's got like a weird story when he pops off, he can pop off big time. Uh, you heat two, or uh, now we're into Saturday after that. Uh, I mean, just unbelievable. You got the the West is stacked, and then you got what you have. We have uh, EU. Let me just get these from you. Out of EU, who's the team you're really looking to? Maybe not to come on top and make it to the finals. You expect to really be there. Is it the Phase Mongrel and Ben Fishy? Is it is it Solarity Hunter? Uh, and uh, Kenstar, like who who is it that for you that really coming out of the EU? You're like, man, I'm expecting these guys. If they don't make it to the finals, it's going to be really disappointing. No, yeah, honestly, right now it's it's really um, Mitro, Mangra, and Benji against the world. Uh, they're so yep. far ahead of the competition when it comes down to their power as trios. And and honestly, like as individual players, there's not a lot of squads out there that are 
as mechanically good as each of those individuals and then like prove it time and time again in the tournament format. Um, so for the European region, they've averaged a placement of 1.4. If I'm not mistaken, they only placed second the times that they weren't placing first. Think wow. about that. And wow. most of their leads were 30 to 40 point uh, leads over their uh, opponents in, in the open qualifiers. So it just shows you how good of a team they are. Um, it, to, to say there's any other team that could realistically take Europe from them, there are. Anyone can have their day. Anyone can, you know, all these teams are star teams, but it really is Europe against them, the MMB trio. So let me tell you two teams that I got that could mess up that order, right? That could, that could put maybe, I think, put a put little pressure on them. Uh, and, and that goes to E11 Boyer, Fnatic Motor, and Fnatic Verox. Like, okay. for me, those guys are insane. I think they're going to show up huge. Boyer is a, I think, great, great, great player. Um, I don't know who's actually the IGL on that team, but if Boyer is, I mean, just watching his gameplay is, is, is phenomenal. And the other one that I had is E11 Item uh, Rojo, which we had on the show a few weeks ago, yep. and, and Mr. Savage. Like, that's a that's a really strong crew as well that I think could uh, you know maybe maybe do something a little a little fun and we'd be we'd be wrong not to mention uh, the trio of Aqua yep Stompy and Chinkin again represent for Team E11 uh, that team right there is also scary we're talking at home qualifications before this Aqua and Stompy or excuse me Chinkin and Stompy were the best at home duo during the qualifications for the World Ooh, Cup yeah at the World Cup. Aqua and his duo took first place for the duels championship, uh, Aqua and Nyrox. So yep. that duo at an at-home setting is also very scary. So to see them go under pressure, I would, I would be shocked if uh, Chinkin, yeah. Stompy, <laughs> and Aqua don't make it through to the finals. And if we don't see them clash at some point against Mangaramich or Benji, whether it be an early game, mid game, or end game, at some point, they, they, we're probably going to see an iconic face-off between those, those teams. I can't wait. That that will be a, a, an amazing moment. And I think what you said is a lot. Some of these players, right? They they had the pressure, the experience that they got at World Cup. Maybe they didn't perform at the level they wanted to at World Cup, but they do learn something from that experience, right? They do take something away, even though it's not a land they're playing in now. But the pressure, right? And I mean, do you think that's that's that translates at all? Oh, the the yeah, like like that's one of the reasons why I kind of think that Bucky's going to do well this weekend. Because that that pressure, man. The more experience that you get, the the better it, it goes. You, you know, and this translates in life. Period, right? You, you put That's yourself true. in situations. Yep. You really just start to learn. You start to master it. And you just start to perform. And once you start seeing that performance, that becomes addicting, right? And they just they will start playing better. Anybody out of Brazil that's top of your radar that you're really looking at in Brazil? Uh, when we did the predictions for a Brazil team, I think we brought up Zone. Um, and I can't really remember his. Uh, trio right now but there there's a couple teams in brazil that were performing really high but consistently in the top bra uh, bracket and i have another one written here which was uh jps king tadu and suyu which performed well in solos and they did carry over some uh within the trios and then you have avalar snow and techno viking which also they, they dominated in week four so that's another team to look out for. And they, they actually dominated their region with a 40-point lead. So whatever you see, 40 points. Yeah, when you see these teams that, that perform in trios and then they, they break away from the competition that much, those are the ones that you look out for and you're like, okay, there's clearly some kind of you know, skill, distinguishing skill in this, this team that um, separates them from the rest. What I would call the sweatiest, probably smallest region 
OCE, bro, like who's coming out of this thing? Who's on top? OCE. Okay. So my call for OCE was Geese and Skyla. Uh, my, right. predi- my prediction might have been Parpy, Zora, and, and Jalen, but that OCE team actually moved to NA East. So we have a very interesting, this is very interesting. It's an OCE team, and OCE has always been like, like, dude, like NA takes shots at OCE, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Yeah, they moved to NA East and they dominated week four. They came out first Ooh, place. All right. They were like throw names. So they're showing like they're not no fluke, right? They can come up, they can they can come in, they can slap up teams. So um they're very, very interesting uh kind of form of events there. And then you have the Volks and X2 twins, which are also just like killing the OCE region. And you have uh Goobas, and and I, I right now just can't really remember the full trio, but there's a couple of teams in OCE region that have been consistent, whether it be solos, whether it be World Cup so- and coming into trios they've managed to carry it over i really want to see the x2 twins do good uh we saw them show up at the australian open yep right but we did they were they didn't even qualify for the world cup no as a duo so like i i think this is really a moment for them to say we are still some of the best in oce but i think i think they could especially with volts on their team too they're gonna have to do it in overcoming other teams that you mentioned but also teams like jinx mr fresh asian and parallel rail like that's a really strong trio, right? And there's a lot of people that now I feel like stepped up their game since they saw X2 really perform at the, at the Australian Open earlier this year. And now, like, will they be able to hold that crown? Will they be able to say they're still some of the best in OCE? That's, I think this is going to show a lot, right? This is going to tell a lot about what we think X, the X2, you know, mindset and the X2 tradition moving forward. What, what is it, right? What, what are they going to show us? No, it's true. This is going to be a defining moment for them, for sure, for sure. Uh, what about Asia? Who you got coming out of Asia? I know you, when you went over there last year, you fell in love with a lot of these players, uh, yeah. both personally, but their gameplay as well. So who do you got? So Asia, I think my, my favorite team for, for coming out of Asia is uh, Stan Peter Pan, Fax Fox, and Sexy Boy. Um, they've, they've just been some of the most consistent. Again, and it sucks for the World Cup, especially regions like Asia. Uh, there was only very limited slots coming out of there. So for anyone that did manage to kind of pull through and, and come up and then qualify, they got to, you know, get in the limelight. But there were so many other amazing players that maybe they did great on Saturday, but they just came in like top five on Sunday when Sunday is the game that or the day that matters. So uh, look at, looking forward to see uh, Fax Fox, Sexy Boy, and Peter Pan's team for Asia. And then we have... What you mentioned a few weeks ago, the newest region, the Middle East. Who you got coming out of here? The Middle East has uh, Fiesel, Klops, and their trio, which they've been kind of moving around. Um, I, I forgot their new third trio, but before that, they had Hero Cap, and they just replaced them. Then they qualified with the most recent trio. So they've been pretty much the most dominant when it comes down to these open qualifiers. Then they took three out of the five weeks. And then there was another team, Fruce, Spy, and... Uh, I can't pronounce the, the their last player, but I'm gonna just go GNTL, maybe Gentle. Um, th- that's that's another team that has really done well in the Middle East. But Middle East is still such a small region. I feel like they're gonna have a lot of. Uh, they need a little more time for more faces to kind of you know come up and, and, and grow up. But for now, I think Klops, Fiesel, uh, and, and whoever their third is gonna be, that team right there is the one to look out for. Do you expect? Do you expect maybe an upset coming out of the Middle East? Some of this. The way they play, right? We haven't really got to see it. Um, we really, really, a lot of people haven't got to watch a lot of it. There's not a lot of it, right, out there on these teams. So, 
Do you expect maybe uh, maybe some craziness to happen within you know once we get to finals when when they're playing against some of these other regions? I think I think for now for regions like the Middle Eastern region that's so new, we're gonna see the same players dominate the ones that are doing well in the uh, competitions, the the qualifications specifically. Not more so like it's not gonna be a huge swing kind of the way the other regions have it because so many more you know teams in the other regions. There's a lot right. a, a general you know, upswing of different teams that can really take it. I think for Middle Eastern right now, the, the cream of the crop is going to stay there. Kind of how like the Liquid Boys had their era during the, the first wave of Fortnite. They were just so right. ahead of the competition. They managed to stay there for a while. And then all of a sudden now you see like, you know, the the, the balancing act of how many teams are that good. Uh, right. For Middle East for a while, I, I don't see it kind of shifting for the, until some new faces get into the groove of it and then we see some new emerging stars. So we got trios happening. And, you know, everybody's focused on it and it's a big thing. What do you think trios has brought to Fortnite competitive different than we've seen in solos and duos throughout? You know, obviously the, 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 the ability to have, you know, less teams essentially on the field. But besides that, like really what, what is, what is trios highlight different than solos and duos has? I think, I think every game mode highlights their own, you know, pros and cons to the way combat works in the game. But for me, that, that's what kind of sets trios aside the most. It's, it's managing the chaos in the comms. It's how well these teams, you know, execute rotations. You're talking a whole extra person you have to divvy out loot and mats with and then communicate with in battle. So uh, to see teams execute as teams of three, it just gets that much harder when you add players to the equation. Um, and it's not as chaotic as squads. So it's been manageable too. So I feel like trios has been like, I guess a surprising sweet spot for competition. And we, we've really managed to, to see new players come up and, and then shine through as, as teams. Um, well, we, we, we've, we, yeah, no, we've gone through the list. We've seen all the teams that are going to be happening, all the trios. We, you know, we, one thing that we've always talked about in Fortnite is how organizations, you know, we got Zaf and Zate playing together from different orgs, right? And this is, this is across the board. I mean, you look through that almost, barely like if only a few teams actually are all from the same org right um and it, it seems to that a lot of the top players are definitely mix and matching per se right their orgs today bala put out a tweet and i want to address this a little bit as you talk about you know how how the competition's going very well and what's happening and we see all these uh these different lineups but bala said fortnite ecosystem is very unfriendly to orgs and teams very few orgs have actually gotten any return from having signed Fortnite players. That's bad. It's one of many reasons why predatory orgs are still in business in our community. Tournaments don't support teams properly. This ends up being really, really bad for the players all around. I bet winning percentages splits are the highest in Fortnite and other BRs out of any esport. We can present teams and or we can present teams and orgs with much better. Tournaments need to be presenting teams and orgs as a target of fandom. There has been a solid structure for teams to exist. There's never been a solid structure for teams to exist. Always so much volatility for teams. Are there even are they even going to get any airtime? Many uh, many more reasons at the root of the pre of the predatory org issue. Some bigger than others. I always. I'm, I just always find this to be weird in our community. So I, I think what's interesting about this is that 
so long we have said that Fortnite doesn't support orgs. And he comes out and basically is saying, like, it's not healthy. It's not even that Fortnite doesn't support it. Now it's unhealthy. I kind of want to get your take on it. Like, number one, how do you feel about orgs? And number two, how can we make this better moving forward? So I feel like, uh, you know, the, the low of the low are always going to be low. You know, personal integrity, that's never going to change no matter what business you're in. Um, and I don't think that the state of Fortnite and, and the way Epic Games has their relationship with orgs is an excuse or uh, a reason behind why we see so much of it. Because I think it exists everywhere, no matter what. Uh, it just so happens within Fortnite, the community themselves, the, the you know demographic is so much younger. So people are easier to get taken advantage yeah. of. Yeah. I don't really think that it's any different, uh, regardless of the support. Uh, that you receive from Epic Games, I think it's just like a demographic issue. People are just vulnerable, especially in Fortnite, when the money's coming in, when the, the stardom could potentially be there, the way you see these stars rise overnight. Um, what I will address, though, which I, I do agree with, there is very volatile, right? The, the way that um, Epic Games doesn't do things traditional. They don't pay orgs to participate. But at the same token, an org should never... Uh, a real org will make their money regardless. They're, they're not going to put all your chips in one basket, right? All your yeah. marbles in one basket. Uh, real orgs that only you can you consider yourself a real org if your your uh, vision is only focusing on Fortnite. Like there's other opportunity out there. So I think that's a that I think personally it's a, it's a poor excuse. They spent more time learning how to monetize and, and brand build. You can actually make a fair and healthy living. Use myself as an example, a non-signed player who's been in the gaming industry for you know, six years full-time, right? Making a respectable salary. I don't have an org back me. I don't have these crazy XYZ fundraisers and sponsors, right? Injecting money to make me do this living. No, I monetize a brand and I build it effectively and I position myself accordingly. If an org did enough homework, they can do that. And hello, it should be 10X the, the times uh, profit margin, right? Because you have that many more players to work with and yeah. that much more to sell and build off of. So I think the real problem here is not... Um, that orgs, uh, orgs are lazy and need that dependency from games. I think it's just that they lack influencer marketing and uh, they could just do a better job at that. If they did their homeworks, they wouldn't have funding issues per se. Um, Ooh, that's that's a, really how I feel. I think people... That's, want a, that, that, that's, a, that's a big fire stick you got there, my friend. And, and that's really how I feel about it because I've been in this business long enough to learn how to pull my own sponsors and whatnot. So for that reason, I've, I've kind of played this game and I know there's opportunity to make money. There's a clearly, right? A lot of people are doing yeah. it. Uh, but orgs always tend to have these problems. But a lot of it is, I think I'll they just this. lack the knowledge. Uh, we saw Period. Optic do it. Now, given Optic's not where Hector wanted it to be, right? But uh, Optic did it. That's how Optic got to where they are. You know, they started with YouTube videos and he went and found. He literally went went and found people to give him just 400 bucks a month, whatever they would give him. Still series was one of his first sponsors. You know, all they gave him was $400 a month. That's it. And he put them on, on top, like they were advertising ever. So I agree, man. Uh, and, and especially in this, in this industry right now, there's so many opportunity for, for small orgs to partner up with smaller brands and, and build each other up. Right. And there's so many opportunity. And I feel like everybody's looking to, you know, an, an org goes, if we can't get G Fuel, like, I guess we just shouldn't get a drink company. Like, no, there's a million drink companies. Go find one that wants a sponsor that you believe in, that you like their product and grow it. Um, yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and it's not to take away from a ball said, because in a lot of ways, he's totally right. But there's always there's uh, those little nuances, right? Those little uh, other avenues that that have 
bits of truth. And I think a lot of it uh, revolves around um, just the demographic of Fortnite is just young, man. So it's easier. And it, it, you just see more of these kind of predatory uh, situations happen and arise. And remember, we're, we're in a new era, 2019, going yeah. into 2020. Social media is just only getting more and more hot. So once the story hits, it hits all of our radars, uh, radar sooner than it did before. Before, a lot of stuff would just go in the, get swept under. And gaming wasn't as big as it is now. Now there's more eyes, there's more voices, there's larger voices. So Especially on Fortnite. It, just, it just feels, yeah, it just feels like there's so much more going on, but it's the same. It's the same, man. We just get to see more of it now. Do you ever expect Epic to come out and do any special support or direct support with orgs? Uh, orgs? Probably not, but I think they will. The way I see it, Epic has always kind of had this open door policy. Yep. So I think if you genuinely bring a really great idea to them, they will back you. Don't care if okay. you're an org. They don't care if you're a single individual. That's just me talking from like experience and kind of what I feel like their vision is. Uh, not on behalf of Epic for any transparency reason. If you guys feel like, uh, if you don't know, I'm not a dev for Epic. I just work very closely with them. Obviously, I'm a yeah, Can you fix their game, please, Monster? Yeah, yeah. I get DMs to fix their game, <laughs> unban my friend. I'm like, brother, I, I literally have no ties and <laughs> no connections to that side, right? I work with a production team to bring a great show, guys. That's what I do. <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, but that's just what it feels. No, no I, I completely agree. I mean, I, um, uh, you know, every every run-in we've had with them as well, and I've had a discussion I've had with them, it does seem like if, if you have a good idea and you have something to bring to the table, they definitely want to talk to you about it. Um, moving on, though. One thing I do want to talk about is the new update we got, 10.3.1 today. Uh, I'll just start off with another quote from Shia Wager. My man, shout out to you. Says bug fix patch with a good follow through on a change that was announced previously days before a tournament. Nice, uh, yeah. and a lot a lot of people liking the update, right? Uh, look, sounds like a lot of good changes. Uh, we had the party hub come. The, I think the main thing was the final circle locations, right? Not going uh, to some of these destinations people wanted, uh, and then uh, the zip line back in. So let's run through these effects in ten point three point one and talk a little bit about them. Um, I guess it's 10.31, sorry. Uh, but start off with the party hub. What, what, what's your take on it? How you like it? You, as it add quality of life to you? I think, I think it's kind of interesting, like them adding a party hub, like this conversation hub. It's like they're saying, hey, we know you guys like talking on Discord. You don't need Discord, dude. Come on here and find your friends. So I, I feel like it's just another, you know, stab at like, Epic just trying to say, dude, we're ready to run this scene in any way, shape, or form, whether it be you know, them opening the Epic store and they, you know, rivaling Steam with the Epic store. Now they're kind of making a chat function that works, you know, kind of that flexible. Now, you know, that, that takes on a whole nother uh, kind of ball game. So I think it's ambitious. I think it's cool. And, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody for being ambitious, but uh, having had to try it myself, do I see myself using it? Probably not. I don't really use uh, Fortnite as a social tool per se. But there are people that do it. People, you know, live on playground, live on creative. You think some of this was created so that they can manage this type of chat service in a land scene? Like they can, hey, they can control it. Maybe this is what you can use instead of just the in-game chat. Maybe does this provide some more uh, privacy or security or whatever it is uh, that they want in their ecosystem, you think? I mean, yeah, definitely. There's one more reason you know, to keep their game, uh, you know, with that positive attitude and environment, right? If they don't have to rely on other entities per se, right. um, they can be an all-in-one, uh, let's say inclusive, I guess, would yep. be the word. Uh, might as well go for it. 
gameplay. Biggest one, final storm circles will no longer occur at the following locations. Moisty Palms, Greasy Grove, Tilted Town, Retail Row, and Pressure Plant. How, how, how good is this? And a lie detector has determined that was a lie. <laughs> I played today, dude. The game ended like near uh, Moisty Palms. I crouched. And hey, it was near. It wasn't in it. It was just near it, yeah, right? Basically in it, man. It was end game. We're rotating through. So the final zones will never finish in it the way it's coded. But dude, they can, they can do every zone before that. Can, is this like, is this the takeaway from like you know like uh, the taco dancing endings? Is that is that what we're we're trying to get away from? A little bit of everything, right? Big if it hovers over Tilted Town, you can't build. It's really right. hard to find the avenues to come out. You got to east storm for that. Uh, if you're in Moisty Palms, you can't crouch. That clearly becomes a big issue in liability. You can get stuck in builds, and a hundred different things can happen when you can't crouch. And all, all these uh, all these factors for these POIs make it really hard. So let me ask you this: Does it make it easier? to have rotations and movements knowing hey it's not going to go that certain direction that was my take when i first did the patch this morning i was like dude wait are we going to see people being able to predict the zone now yeah um which i guess you can right you, you a little bit right like if you get in circle like yeah. three or four you you probably know where it's going at that point right yeah, like, and even if it hovers over a area you know like okay it's definitely not going to be in the center ending here like it's going to be somewhere on the outskirts so you can pick your you know pick your poison yeah you be on that side imagine so if i like I like that small factor of that being able to predict. I feel like it's like a skill gap where you can at least put your chips on something that you know is trustworthy. Um, yeah. I love the idea, the concept. I would like to see more ways to like determine where the storm's coming, you know, but, but maybe not like the way the storm scout sniper does where it just reveals it. Right. It's like kind of one-sided, but something close to that. Like I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I just think like if I'm in a position where circle three is just, south of of the plant right pressure plant and say that you know a north and east of the pressure plant's already taken it's already out of circle well then i know it's not going to move like you know more over pressure plant it's going to yep. come away from it a little bit so i just feel like the rotations are going to be really interesting to see i think it might actually make some of these teams clash right they're like hey we need to change our rotation we it's not going to end over there we shouldn't go that way. And it's like, uh-oh, now I ran into these other people in their rotation that was their normal rotation, right? And I think it's going to make up for some really interesting gameplay as we head into the finals for FNCS. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's probably going to cause conflict. Like, the force more conflict. The last thing I want to bring up, zip lines, back in, bunch of Praza. They re-enabled them. They fixed everything. It's back in the game. A mobility item that sounds like it's so needed well i guess not item stationary but still mobility on the game that you can actually use how important is this that it's back in oh it's it's huge man i was playing a trio arena today playing around the junk junction area just having zip lines i was like oh dude small quality of life being able to get up these mountains use them to jump off we've seen a lot of uh, dope clips too of like people in build battles and you catch that clutch more you're falling out you think you're gonna die hit a zip line and something like you know you negate that fall damage so i think zip lines are, are crucial to the uh, kind of the feel of the game and anything that's mobility, I stand behind, especially in the current quote unquote meta of this, like this season being the least amount of mobility we've had since right. they've taken up water crashers. Well, let's jump to the last section of the podcast. This is where we involve you guys in stream so we can get a tip and trick. So if you have a topic, you want a tip from Monster D Face, go ahead and drop it in the chat and we are going to take them and we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, let Monster answer them. Yes. 
All right, chat. So what do you have for us today? Monster, select one coming out of chat. Maybe uh, something that you see, hey, we haven't addressed it in a while, or maybe we've never addressed it and never talked about it. But uh, why don't you pick one there from, uh, from your wonderful chat? Yeah, I definitely wanted to jump on Swift Soldier's uh, question. I thought this was a fantastic question. So first off, thanks, uh, Swift Soldier. You get a shout out. for Shout uh, being out, here. Swift Soldier. Yeah, on YouTube, like the video. All right, but anyways, let's answer this question. So the question is, tips on countering aggressive players in a box with a new 50-50 wall take strategy. Ooh, this, this is actually a, a perfect question. It's, it's a loaded question. Um, so the reason I want to talk about this is because I feel like in the current game, people are getting sloppier in box fights. And the most important way to counter players is to actually make that counter edit. So a lot of people are letting their guard down and they're going for full commits on the pickaxe and they're losing that rhythm of trying to hit this wall, take that wall. Um, you'll see people do it, but now that it's all 50-50, a lot of people just kind of get a uh, laser focus. They go for that wall because they know they have really high odds at taking it and then trying to go for the trade. Um, this is where it's more important now to, uh, you know, kind of earn your respect back. You make an edit, you open it up and you punish them for letting their guard down. A lot of times you're going to catch them with that pickaxe you're going to sting them first and that'll set you up for success in 50 50 box fights there it is right there 50 50 box fights tips and tricks right there from monster d face well guys as always thank you so much for having me monster d face once again on your twitch channel live man i, I really enjoy it i enjoy doing this live it's a lot of fun it's always live uh it's always fun when when you know the pressure's on and everyone's watching so you know oh, as yeah. a little as a little layer, right? And, and it brings excitement. So it does, you have fun. does for sure. Well, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy the show. Shoot us a review on iTunes. Leave a comment on Podbean. Tell us what you like, what you dislike about the show. Don't forget, you can also email all your complaints directly to Monster at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, Monster, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you throughout the week that is listening? As always, guys, you know, I live stream on Twitch throughout the week. Obviously, this weekend, I'll be traveling. So find my content on YouTube at Monster DeFace and all social medias at Monster DeFace. Just uh, hit me up, man. I, I see all the responses. And again, thank you to anyone that made it this far on a YouTube video and the and, and listening here on, on our podcast station. Thanks, guys. Absolutely, guys. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at the Fortnite Podcast. Myself, 2LoudTX, the number 2LoudTX, and Monster DeFace, M-O-N-S-T-E-R-D-F-A-C-E. And until next time, guys. Make sure you dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.